You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What if I told you Penn State would start the 2020 college football season with an 0-2 record and could very well end the year with a losing record? I'm Kevin McGuire, your host here on the Locked On Nittany Alliance podcast, a contributor to AthlonSports.com, and we are going to explore Penn State's realistic worst-case scenario for the 2020 season. Brace yourselves, because we're going to enter some dark territory that you may not be too comfortable with, but that's okay, because we have some other topics on the agenda as well. We'll take a look at the latest controversy perhaps about the AP top 25 and what it means for Penn State moving forward. And of course, we're going to also take a look at the fact that today is Penn State's football virtual media day. Yes, that's right. It's media day once again. I've got a couple thoughts on that as well. If you enjoy this content, please make sure you are subscribed in whatever podcasting app you may be listening to today's episode in, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We are also on Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, all the podcast apps that you can imagine. And we also hope that you will decide to leave a rating and a review when this episode's over. Let us know what you thought about our conversation. You can also reach out to us at any time on our social media platforms using the username LockedOnNittany on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and on Twitch. With all that out of the way, guys, we've got a lot of stuff to get into, so let's go ahead and get started. Now that we know that the Big Ten is going to get back on the field, or I guess in this case, step onto the field for the first time, the weekend of October 24th, with an eight-game conference-only schedule, nine if you want to include the Big Ten Championship Week, which I can't wait to find out how that's going to all work out. Now's the time when we're going back into preseason mode, not only here on the podcast, but of course, as Penn State is a football program, they are continuing to move forward and going through the usual preseason routine, or I guess the usual routine as much as you possibly can make it at this point in time. Now, today on Wednesday is the start of Penn State's virtual football media days. Today, we're going to hear from head coach James Franklin in another Zoom press conference, and these are always fun. I actually have not been able to get into any of these Zoom calls, and it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to get into any of these because every conference call that Penn State has scheduled to this point is during my usual day job and I just can't do it. But I will be checking out the audio and the video as soon as they become available and we'll be sure to comment on as much as possible in an upcoming podcast. But it is a good time once again to see where James Franklin is situated now as he prepares Penn State for what should be a pretty fun season. And of course, there are going to be some more questions that are going to be asked of him. And I'm very curious to see you know, what his mental state is and what the state of the football team is as they get back into the preseason mode. Obviously, they've been working out and to whatever degree, but now you get a chance to actually focus on actual games. And I know that that's something that James Franklin has been eager to get back in into and I'm very curious to see what he has to say coming out of today's uh, press conference Zoom call. Also today we're going to hear from coordinators Kirk Shiroka, Brent Pry, and Joe Lorig. Uh, again, more Zoom uh, conference calls. Uh, that's going to be after James Franklin's uh, normal press conference. That's going to be at noon Eastern today, uh, 12 to 1230 for James Franklin, 1245 to 115 for all the other coordinators. So if you're following the Penn State beat reporters out there who all do a terrific job, and I'm not going to single any of them out, 
you will definitely be getting lots of information coming through on your timeline today. And I can't wait to get out of my day job today and come out and see all the tweets that are out there and all from all the guys that, uh, and gals that are covering the team uh, to the best of their abilities. I'm look, really looking forward to seeing what comes out of today. Now on Thursday, the Zoom Penn State virtual media days will continue with selected players. As of this time, as I'm recording, uh, we don't have a list of the, which players are going to be available on Thursday. And then again on Friday, there's three separate Zoom calls scheduled for Thursday, beginning at 10.30 a.m. up until 1 p.m. And then again on Friday from 10.15 a.m., through 1:45 p.m. Uh, again, three separate Zoom calls. Selected players is all Penn State has announced so far. So I would imagine we'll hear from some familiar names. I would imagine that Sean Clifford will be one of them. Pat Frymuth, I'm sure, will be one of the names, and I would expect Journey Brown to be in there as far as the offense is concerned. So it'll be very interesting to see which players are put out there because if Penn State is putting out a player, that means that they feel pretty comfortable with that person in front of a microphone, first of all. But they are usually going to be uh, upperclassmen, leaders on the team, and it's always kind of an indication to see uh, who is being looked upon in that leadership role. And again, I wouldn't be surprised uh, by any of these names that are going to be thrown out there. I don't don't think that we're going to be in for any real shocking developments, but it's always kind of fun to hear what the players have to say, and especially after this offseason, because there's been so much uh, um, noise about getting back on the field, and now that they finally have a season to prepare for, I'm very curious to see what the players have to say as far as their state uh, of mind is uh, during everything that's been going on. This is not easy right now for anybody, and, and now they're being thrown back into the practice routine, which a lot of them, I'm sure, wanted, so I'm not saying uh, that this is uh, being taxing on them uh, on necessarily but this is something that they've wanted now let's see how they embrace it i'm very curious to see uh, not only who's going to be thrown in front of a zoom camera but also what they have to say as well so lots of stuff coming in the next few days as far as penn state information is concerned we are in preseason mode and that is a great mode to be in right now even though the college football season has already officially kicked off and we're a few weeks into the season going into what week five of the college football schedule as of now There's lots of stuff that has already happened, and we're still a little less than a month away from when the Big Ten is going to get back into the fold. Of course, the Mountain West Conference will also be uh, hopping back into things at the same time as the Big Ten. Uh, The MAC is going to be just after that, as well as the Pac-12. So it's going to be fun the next month and a half as we get back into a full slate of college football. Uh, Until then, we just need to make sure that everybody is staying healthy as possible and taking all the necessary precautions as they prepare for their season. And hopefully everything is going to be going well for Penn State and, of course, the rest of the Big Ten as well. We don't want to see anybody uh, having any real setbacks as we all, all see the Big Ten prepare for the start of this Big Ten schedule. For Penn State, it will begin October 24th on the road against Indiana. And we're a little bit later into this podcast. We're going to talk about the worst case scenario for Penn State. And it could get off to an ugly start at Indiana if we take a look at that worst case scenario. But in the meantime, this week, there's a little bit of a discussion about Penn State being back in the AP Top 25 and how some voters are approaching the polls now that Big Ten and Pac-12 teams are now officially eligible to be voted on, even though they have yet to play a game this season. Obviously, every voter is going to have a different perspective and outlook on how they're going to go about their methodology. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in the next segment right here on the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day. 
One story I didn't get a chance to really dive into this week on the podcast was the fact that Big Ten teams are back in the Associated Press Top 25 poll. Now, they've been a part of the coaches poll for the last couple of weeks, despite not playing any football. But when the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and the Mountain West Conference and the MAC, they all decided that they were not going to be playing or postponing their season, the AP decided that because there was no schedule on the table, that those teams would not be eligible for the AP Top 25 after the preseason ranking, which was kind of silly because at that time when the preseason AP Top 25 came out, we knew that the Big Ten was not going to be playing. So seeing Penn State ranked where they were, Ohio State where they were, and I honestly forget where Penn State was in that preseason Top 25. I want to say it was number six. It was kind of weird because we all knew going in that they probably were not going to be playing football. Well, lo and behold, they are going to be playing football. They're going to be kicking off the weekend of October 24th. And as we discussed in yesterday's podcast, there is a possibility that Penn State could potentially open up the season on that Friday night, October 23rd at Indiana. We're still awaiting details on that, but we'll get to that whenever we are ready to have more information about that. But the bottom line is now, after a few weeks of the season that have been played around the sport of college football, the AP has decided, okay, Big Ten, Pac-12 teams, you're eligible once again to be included in the ranking. So it's very weird. It's a very weird year for polls in general because as of now, we have the SEC has played one game. The ACC and the Big 12, they've already played a few games throughout their conference. Big 10 teams and Oregon out of the Pac-12 are back in the AP Top 25 despite having a 0-0 record. And it's just kind of strange. And obviously, we have seen the rankings as these teams are coming back into the fold. They're slightly different from where they were in the preseason rankings, which is kind of strange because Ohio State, for example, if they were the number two team in the preseason ranking, have they really done anything to suggest that they're not going to be on that same level that pollsters thought Ohio State was going to be? So when Ohio State comes in back in the AP Top 25 at number six, it's a little weird. Obviously, we have seen some good starts to the season from a few teams, such as Clemson and Alabama, Miami, and of course, the Florida Gators look pretty good in their season debut. But dropping in Ohio State down to number six, again, I'm not going to get too carried away here with these rankings because they ultimately mean nothing in the grand scheme of things. It's just always interesting to me to see the different logic that's being employed by the different voters that have a ballot for these different polls. Obviously, we're talking about the AP Top 25 right now. And Penn State came in at number 10. They're actually a consensus number 10, I guess, if you look at the coaches poll and the AP Top 25 this week. Uh, we put out the graphic on our Instagram account at Instagram.com slash LockedOnNittany to letting you guys know that Penn State is number 10 in both the coaches poll and the AP Top 25 this week. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens between now and when Penn State actually starts to play its season, uh, how these rankings could be adjusted. Because... A couple teams ahead of Penn State may lose. Is Penn State going to move up because of that? Or are they going to fall down as other teams start to establish themselves as reputable contenders in their various conferences? I don't know. (laughs) And I think that's really strange going into this season because this is going to be such a unique year. But one thing we do know is that 11 of the 61 uh, AP top 25 voters decided not to include any team from the Big Ten or the Pac-12 and by default the Mountain West Conference and the MAC because they have not played a game this year. And again, every voter has the right to vote how they feel they uh, should. And every voter has a different way of evaluating the temperature of the season to date. 
And some voters are going to take into consideration what they feel like Ohio State and Penn State and Oregon, what they're going to be doing when they do hit the field. And again, maybe they're not going to differ too much from where they were in the preseason rankings. Maybe there hasn't been a whole lot to dissuade a voter from voting one way in the preseason ranking to where they are right now, outside of the fact that maybe Oklahoma lost or LSU lost. Maybe that's the biggest change from the preseason rankings as they submit their ballots. But 11 voters are waiting to see, I guess, when the Big Ten and Pac-12 teams hit the field, what they do. And again, everybody's going to have a different logic here. And I'm actually okay with it. You know, again, I'm not going to get too carried away because Brett McMurphy of Stadium decided to leave Penn State off of his top 25 ballot. I think he's got a valid reason. I think everybody who has decided to not include these teams in their AP top 25 ballot is justified. I really do feel like the, the purpose of a ranking is to evaluate what teams have done on the field up to that point in the season. Up to this point in the season, Big Ten teams have literally done nothing. Pac-12 teams have literally done nothing. So including them in a ballot seems a little bit more weird to me than not including them on a ballot. That's just where I come from. Now, obviously, when Penn State and the other Big Ten teams and Oregon and other Pac-12 teams, when they do hit the field, now we'll get a chance to evaluate them. And I'm very curious to see how these 11 voters in particular, how are they going to evaluate teams based on one game experience? Uh, Certainly if they win, maybe they're feeling pretty good. Maybe they jump them back into where they were slotted in their original preseason ranking. Or there will be so much football that has been played up to that point. The ACC and the Big 12 will have played basically two months. Uh, The SEC will have uh, a month and a half under its belt. So it's going to be very interesting to see how a 1-0 team in the Big 10 and the Pac-12 will compare against a team that has played two-thirds of a, a regular season schedule up to that point. So the just out of curiosity, I was curious to see which voters decided not to include uh, teams on their AP ballot. And Alliance 24-7 on the 24-7 uh, Sports Network did outline exactly who decided not to vote uh, for these Big Ten and Pac-12 teams. I already mentioned one, Brett McMurphy of Stadium.com. Again, I'm not ripping any of these voters, by the way. I'm just putting them on the record. <laughs> so we have Brett McMurphy of Stadium.com, Kirk Bowles of the Austin American Statesman, David Jablonski of Cox News Service and Dayton Daily News, John Wilner of San Jose Mercury News, who always has a pretty interesting bout in to begin with. But again, not really surprised by this uh, decision not to include these teams. He had actually a pretty good detailed uh, reason why. We also had Ryan Aber of the Daily Oklahoman, Brian Howell of the Boulder Daily Camera. So you actually have a couple of reporters from Big Ten and Pac-12 territory. So it's not just a anti-Big Ten, Pac-12 bias that we're seeing from maybe the, the Southeast or the state of Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, obviously, a couple of those reporters are from those areas, but this is a pretty pretty good sampling of the voters that have decided not to include these teams on the ballot. And that's also why you may actually see some of the rankings that are coming out, why they're a little bit lower than maybe you would expect. Again, maybe you're not expecting Penn State to be any lower than six or seven. And so it's a little jarring to see them at number 10, but it makes sense. If 11 of the 61 voters aren't even putting these teams on their ballot, that is certainly going to hurt the ranking in the meantime. Again, when these games do start playing, Uh, that's going to be a different story. And I'm very curious to see how the results on the field at that point in time will compare and affect how these voters are going to cast their ballots the next time around. 
We're just getting started here. We've got a chance now to look at the worst case scenario for Penn State in the year 2020. We already evaluated the best case scenario in our last podcast, so make sure you go back and listen to that. Now we're going to flip to the other side of the coin, the darker side of the road here, as we look at the worst case scenario for Penn State in 2020. That's coming up next on the Locked On Nittany Alliance podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In yesterday's podcast, we took a look at what the best case scenario for Penn State in 2020 was. And to the surprise of probably nobody, the best case scenario was Penn State running the table in the regular season, highlighted by a big home win against Ohio State and avoiding road trip ups on the road against Nebraska and Michigan, and then going ahead and winning the Big Ten Championship to punch a ticket into the college football playoff. And yeah, we tossed around the idea of having Micah Parsons opt back in, but ultimately we decided let's just leave that one off to the side for now. Still, best case scenario, uh, a lot of good things for Penn State. But what happens if things don't go well for Penn State? I've already cautioned you. I don't know how many times, and I will do so again leading up to the start of the season. The start of the season is going to be a very interesting time, and Penn State will have to be ready to play at its top ability because there's no time to allow for some sluggishness. There's really no time to allow for some sloppy play, and we've already seen it around the country so far for the majority. Again, maybe not so much for Clemson or maybe even Miami or Alabama or maybe even Florida to an extent. But you're going to have to be ready to play because Oklahoma's already lost. LSU has already lost. Georgia looks shaky in the first half against Arkansas. It's going to be very tricky getting back on the field for the first time and then jumping right into conference play on the road against an Indiana team that I think is going to be a little dangerous, especially when you go out to Bloomington. And I've said this before, you know, Michael Penix is going to be a fun player this year for the Hoosiers. And if Penn State's defense isn't up to snuff, then he could have a pretty big game to start the year. And what better way for Indiana to start the season by springing a monumental upset against Penn State, who could very well likely be in the top 10 team at the time that the season officially opens on October 24th or maybe October 23rd. I'm just floating that idea back out there. But let's say that Indiana maybe beats Penn State. That's probably the worst case scenario, right? I still think Penn State wins that game, even if it's going to be sloppy. But a road upset to start the year, that would be a disaster. Because after that, you come home against Ohio State. And that's a game that a lot of people are already suggesting is going to be won by Ohio State. And if we're talking worst case scenario, it does not get too much worse than opening the year with an 0-2 record against Indiana and Ohio State. Now, I think it's a possibility. I don't know what the percentage is. I think it would be a small percentage because I do think that Penn State beats Indiana. And I do think that Penn State has a good chance to compete well head and head with Ohio State. So I'm not suspecting that Penn State gets to, an, to a start. But we're talking worst case scenario here. Okay, starting the year with two losses after waiting so long to finally get back on the field, that would be a disaster for Penn State. And it would certainly take Penn State out of the college football playoff conversation almost immediately before we even get to November. Uh, Big Ten could still be something that's out there. Of course, then you would lose a head-to-head tiebreaker with Ohio State. So it's not very likely that Ohio State's going to lose three games this year in Big Ten play. So you can probably erase the Big Ten championship scenario from the picture as well. Two games into the season with an 0-2 start. That's a disaster. Now, 
Fortunately for Penn State, even in the worst case scenario, I do think that they get a home win on November 7th against Maryland because they are clearly a better team than Maryland. They're much deeper than Maryland. And this has not been a competitive series outside of the first couple of years when Maryland joined the Big Ten. There's a big difference between Penn State and Maryland. So even in the worst case scenario, I do think that Penn State rebounds and gets at least their first win of the season against Maryland. But let's go back to the worst case scenario because then they're back on the road at Nebraska. And I've been saying for a long time that Nebraska game, it's a little bit scary to me. Now, Nebraska is going to have a very tough start to the season. They're going to have to play Ohio State. They're going to play Wisconsin. They're going to play Northwestern. These are three very challenging games for Nebraska. And then that fourth game of the season, Penn State's going to be coming into their house. Now, obviously, there are no fans in the stadiums this year in the Big Ten. So I don't know if it's necessarily the distinct home field advantage that it potentially could have been. But I'm a believer in Scott Frost. I think he's going to get things rolling at Nebraska. And even if they get off to a rough start, and by all accounts, it should be a rough start for Nebraska. What better way to reset the tone for Nebraska football moving forward than taking it to a Penn State team that entered the season with high expectations? I don't think that uh, losing on the road to Nebraska is that unrealistic of a possibility. And it's one that I've been saying is a very strong possibility for a long time. Go back to last season. I thought that that Minnesota game was just a bad spot for Penn State. I think this is a bad spot for Penn State on the road against Nebraska because I think if Nebraska does take some steps forward this year, they could be a little bit of a wild card factor. And I think a win against Penn State would do a whole lot for that program. And I do think that they're going to be a little bit dangerous. So here's your worst case scenario after four games, sitting at one and three. Yeah, that would be pretty bad, right? (laughs) Well, The pain's only going to get worse in this worst-case scenario. Now, Penn State will come home. They're going to play Iowa on November 21st. Iowa is not a pushover team. They're going to play physical, and they're going to push Penn State a little bit. I still think in a worst-case scenario, Penn State would rebound here, would get the win against Iowa. It would probably be a sluggish game. It's probably not going to be very high-scoring. Maybe a race to 18 points in this kind of situation in a worst-case scenario. I do think that Penn State would get the win there, but... Then you go back on the road at Michigan, and I've been saying all along, the two road games that worry me the most this year are at Nebraska and at Michigan. Penn State has had a real hard time in Ann Arbor the last few times that they've been out there, and home field advantage has been a little bit of a deciding factor in this particular series each of the last four seasons. And I think that Michigan's going to be better than some people are expecting them to be. Now, Michigan's going to have some tough games already under their belt. They're going to play Minnesota. They're going to play Wisconsin. They'll be getting ready to look forward to that Ohio State game at the end of the year. But I think that Michigan is a program that can still give Penn State some trouble, and especially at home. Again, no fans. I don't know if that's a real uh, motivation factor or a determining factor here. But I do think going on the road at Michigan It's still a very dangerous spot for Penn State. So there you go. I've got them losing to Indiana, Ohio State, Nebraska, and Michigan for a 2-4 and record coming into the final couple of games of the season. Now, the good news is, even in the worst-case scenario here, I don't think there's any way that Penn State loses on the road at Rutgers. Although, worst-case scenario is Rutgers makes some noise here and pushes Penn State for a second straight year in a losing effort. I do think that Penn State beats Rutgers, just like I think that they're going to beat Maryland. Uh, Again, at some point, the depth and talent of Penn State will certainly prevail here. 
And I think that Penn State, even in a worst case scenario, there's no way they're going to lose to Rutgers. We're not talking uh, cataclysmic uh, efforts, uh, results here. Uh, we're just talking worst case scenario. In no worst case scenario do I envision Penn State having the chance to lose to Rutgers. So I do think you get a win there. That's three wins under the belt. And then at home against Michigan State to end the season, I'm not ready to say that even in the worst case scenario, that Penn State will lose that game against the Spartans. I don't know what to make of Michigan State. And obviously by the end of the year, we'll have a much better idea of what Michigan State is under Mel Tucker. But I still feel like that's a way for Penn State to end the season on a winning note. Now, they're not going to end with a great record in the worst case scenario. The good news is they will play a ninth game in that Big Ten Championships week if that goes as planned and we're still kind of waiting to hear exactly how that's going to work but uh you will get that ninth game against the team from the big 10 west division team to be determined based on the standings and i guess they're going to try and avoid any potential rematches that may have happened during the regular season if that's at all possible and i don't know exactly how to line that up you know maybe you're going to go up against purdue and rondell moore goes crazy on the penn state defense uh that that would be a worst case scenario i i think uh but i do think that that we'll leave that one out of the conversation for right now but the good news is penn state would still be going to a ball game because the ncaa has i guess moved forward on the idea of not having a minimum win total in order to be eligible for a postseason ball game now i guess the the, the big question is, how many bowl games are there going to be this year? That, I think, remains to be seen. I haven't seen anything suggesting that any bowl games are going to be canceled at this point of the year. I do think that that's a realistic possibility, though, but I'm going to be very curious to see how that's all going to play out. So in this worst-case scenario, Penn State, I guess, could go to a bowl game, and they very likely would be a good draw for any bowl game. But, um, you know, again, how many people are they actually going to be drawing? That's a big question mark. So in this worst-case scenario, Penn State end this, ends the season with wins just against Maryland, Iowa, Rutgers, and Michigan State. They dropped to 4-4 four and four in those eight regular season games. And let's say they drop that game against Rondell Moore and Purdue in that Big Ten Championships week. That's a 4-5 and five record. That's pretty bad. And I, I guess that's good that the worst-case scenario is a 4-5 and five record because I guess it, in theory it could be worse than that. But... Again, I'm trying to be as realistic as possible. And I don't think that 4-5 and five is a realistic scenario for Penn State because this team is much better than a 4-5 and five team. But there are some obvious pitfalls that Penn State's going to have to try and avoid. Well, let me know what you think the worst case scenario is for Penn State. Maybe you're very optimistic. Maybe you think the worst case scenario is going 7-1 and one in the regular season and still winning the Big Ten Championship. That's for you to decide. Let me know what your best case scenario is, what your worst case scenario is for Penn State. Go over the schedule. Let me know where you think the trouble spots are for Penn State because I I've pretty much documented them pretty thoroughly. I think the road games at Nebraska and Michigan outside of the home game against Ohio State, the road games against Nebraska and Michigan are my biggest concerns for Penn State this season. And in the worst case scenario, they lose them both. That's all for me today on the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But don't worry, we've got some more coming up later this week. Of course, we will take our usual trip around the world of college football, take a look at some of the games that are being played this weekend. In the meantime, I want to make sure you guys check out the Locked On Big Ten podcast for daily Big Ten conversation. I'm going to be helping Ben Stevens, the host over there, break down Penn State's schedule. And we'll talk about some of the highs and lows, and we'll dig into it a little bit deeper for you guys there. I'll also be on the 
the Thursday edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast. Again, if you want daily college football content directly into your podcast feed, there is no better place to go than the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got the Locked On College Football Podcast available for you on all the major podcasting platforms. So check out Locked On College Football. Check out Locked On Big Ten and stay subscribed right here on Locked On Nittany Lions on all of your favorite podcasting apps. And then go ahead and leave some ratings and reviews. It'll really help us out and continue to grow the shows as we move forward closer to the start of the Big Ten season. Again, we'll be back to talk about what's going on this weekend around college football later this week, as we always do. And in the meantime, I want to make sure you also check out my content on athlonsports.com. I've got a couple game previews and some picks against the spread. And you can also give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Don't forget to check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash McGuire. Until next time, everybody, have a great day. Go 1-0 and come back and let's do it all again real soon. Until next time, everybody, have a great day. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you later. Bye.